Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of the podcast that we recorded via Zoom whilst we're all huddled in self-isolation due to the coronavirus pandemic of course. Sorry for the very haphazard sessions over the past few weeks, it's just been very hard for us to record the podcast due to the pandemic itself and just before the pandemic occurred we had various things going on. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast and stay tuned for a few more to come during this self-isolation period. Hey everyone, I think we'll start off by talking to Joe. So Joe, how's your experience been, you know, the first-hand experience of the Australian quarantine measures upon returning? Just give, I guess, give a bit of background into your, to your experience and story. Uh, yeah, well, for the listeners out there, I haven't been on the podcast for a long time because I've been in uh, Europe. Indeed. And I came back two days ago and I don't know how many people know this, but like Australia was initially doing it so you could isolate yourself at home Yeah, and the police would just check you and stuff. But now they're so you uh, came back getting all two days ago, right? Yeah. And now they're getting like all arrivals into Australia from overseas have to quarantine in a hotel or some other accommodation for 14 days. So that's where I am now. Yeah. Uh, so you went through, uh, you, you initially in Belgium, then you went to Poland and you narrowly avoided the uh, quarantine measures there. And then you traveled to the UK before eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then I mean, when you did, came back, it actually looked, it looked pretty on. dystopian actually in uh, Sydney airport. What did it I look mean, like? What was the scene? I like? mean, Australian police pretty authoritarian, but. Yeah, I have they to lined us up. Sentence. They all lined us up about one point. For some reason, it's one point five meters in Australia. It's two meters in other countries, but anyway, didn't know one point five meters. Then uh, they took us to the screening area, uh, got the temperature check in the ear and stuff. Mm. I was like thirty six point six, so <laughs> it was fine. Then they had like this doctor. I think they were medical students, actually. Anyway, anyway, yeah, they got the medical students to like ask you symptoms or whatever. Then they took us to this, uh, then they had the border force checking you and whatever on the, on the checklist, asking you all those questions and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think they get a kick out of it as well. But anyway, then we, then we had to go on the bus. Uh, we didn't know where we go. Actually the hotel I'm at here, they didn't even know we were arriving. So when okay. we got there, there was a big delay. So it's, it was, yeah, so it's, it's police, New South Wales police, and uh, the some army officials. So it seems rather poorly organised in a sense. I mean, it, it was only instituted recently, but it seems like a peculiar thing to enforce for me, especially within, within a nation that is based on the rule of law. I mean, at the moment we're seeing some rather, I guess, hysterical. Uh, steps from certain authorities and not that's just not for Australia it's across the world I mean I think it was announced today that in New South Wales the uh, premier announced that they were they're now introducing fines of up to eleven thousand dollars and perhaps even six months of jail terms if you break quarantine uh, I think this is uh, going a step too far to put it lightly I think 
Yeah, and I think they've done it because most of the cases here have been coming from overseas, so they just want to limit it as much as possible. But yeah, but yeah, they. I think they would have been fine if they just had police checks for people in their own houses. Exactly, and uh, uh, there was a on the news. There was an, uh, an observer who whose whose family member was in the cohort of people who were being ushered off to the hotels, and he said, and his dad. It was his dad actually, who was eighty five years old, and he said he's better off just coming straight home with us, where healthy family, uh, instead of being ushered off along with these people who just returned from uh, you know international trips, which is much more dangerous for him uh, in that sense. So a lot of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it also, as I said, diminishes important aspects, at least of, you know, the, the Anglosphere where you have uh, the rule of law instituted and, you know, you, know, at, you know, the great pillars of jurisprudence, like the presumption of innocence, for example, all of these are being quashed in the name of keeping this uh, virus at bay. But at the same well, time, yeah. the question is how well, effective yeah. are they? Well, I'm in the gulag now, so... Yeah, there's not much you can do about late. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shashi, what, what, are, what are your thoughts uh, on various nations' reactions to uh, the pandemic so far? Um, I don't think people... I don't think most places are being too harsh in that you're still allowed to go out and exercise. You're still allowed to get groceries and stuff. We're not at the point where the government shows up at your door and hands you some fruit and that's it. Yeah. I think that's sort of a dystopian reality that hopefully doesn't happen. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's as bad as it could be. Mm. Yeah. I have to agree somewhat with that sentiment. I think in the, in the UK, there's been some alarming cases coming out of the police um, overstepping their lines in a sense, because uh, some certain measures haven't become regulations, such as walking in open air, for example, ministers in the UK have advised people not to walk in open air, but it's still technically allowed. And police have been actually enforcing this based on the, the advice of some ministers. There was an article about it in the spectator today, which was quite interesting. And they're even having busybodies now targeting people who are going out for walks and their dogs completely alone, by the way. So they don't really pose a threat to the community. And uh, they're now being policed in a sort of dystopian and illiberal way. Uh, what do you think about the U uh, S's, um, situation right now, Seb, because there's a lot going on there, of course. Um, yeah, no, the, the US is, is strange, um, simply because of the fact that um, the government response probably doesn't reflect a lot of what other places might have done. Um, I guess the problem for the US is the fact that there's a lot of uh, concentrated uh, city populations, New York, uh, Chicago, um, San Jose, all the other big places that you can think of that have very concentrated amount of, amounts of people. And there's just simply not enough tests to uh, administer to these people in order to figure out how many people are actually um, affected by this by this issue, which of course makes government response and actually wider health response uh, really difficult to, uh, yeah. to manage. And I've been watching sort of the numbers go up um, uh, over the, the past couple of weeks. And obviously um, it's followed the same sort of trend uh, in, in, play, in a place like, for example, Italy, where the... Uh, obviously, the first few cases were fairly slow and, and fairly minor, but as soon as the you hit about the hundredth to the thousandth case, you started to see a huge 
uh, incline with the um, amount of people uh, being diagnosed with it. Well, yeah, um, was, the problem, we forgot course, to mention the fact that as of recording, the I think it was a, a day or two ago, maybe even mm. further back, the US reached uh, 100,000 cases, which made it the most infected country on earth. Uh, that's pr- quite astounding. And actually a figure came out today predicting roughly 200,000 deaths in the US, which mm-hmm. is also quite ridiculous um what do you think about the uh, trump administration's uh, handling of the of this case i think the 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 problem was the fact that the um the immediate response to the uh crisis wasn't as quick as might have otherwise been um i'm not saying as you know some of the hysteria on, on twitter for example I've, i was i've seen you know for example if, mm. if hillary clinton was in in power she would have been on the uh, on, on the boot and, you know, uh, making sure everything was all good. I, I don't really that believe that. I think, <laughs> I think that, I think the U S would have still struggled to, to keep up with the, um, issues it's now facing. Mm. Um, I think the problem is the sort of, um, disjointed organization between States, for example, you know, New York's being hit really, really badly. So their sort of measures are, uh, quite, uh, severe. I, I was looking at, for example, Florida, which is, um, uh, had a Republican governor since 2018 who was just elected. And the response there has been kind of baffling to me. There's parts of Florida that are kind of shut down in, in parts, but there's also parts that are, are still fully open. For example, mm-hmm. there's uh, an example where uh, separation of a beach between one town and the next town and one town's still open, uh, but the other town's not. And so everyone's just congregated on this one beach front. Uh, in yeah, this one town. I, I did see that actually. And you can see the cutoff point between uh the states and there was this beach that was completely packed full of people completely relaxed attitude and the next beach over was completely empty so it really shows that picture is basically the manifestation of all these divides between the states they've seen drastically different policies and do you think the the answer is for the federal government to get more of a grip over it well i think there needs to be a coordinated push between the the federal government and the um and the states themselves i think um the at the very least, there needs to be a lockdown. I understand where, where, what Trump's trying to say when he says, you know, we need to open up the, uh, the, the, the country up again for, for the economy purposes. Mm-hmm. But if the opening up the economy uh, means, yeah. you know, <laughs> sacrificing people to, to die, it's not necessarily um, a good idea in my view. I think um, letting the, the, the disease run its course whilst uh, instituting a, a sensible and, and fairly rigorous um, you know, national or federal uh, policy uh, is much more preferable to actually um, just opening up the economy again. And I think Trump mentioned that he was uh, extending the sort of lockdown policies that he was talking about, I think, past mm. Easter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I can't remember the actual exact dates. So Yeah. Shashi, I'll defer to you because I think you'll have a few views on this as well. Um, I think also what's an issue is the power of the states versus the power of the federal government. And I think there's a lot more um, uh, red tape to get past when trying to put in measures federally rather than the states individually. So I think it's easier for states to institute their own measures. So I think figures like um, Andrew Cuomo are more important than federal figures like um, Trump or, or whoever. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of Americans especially are inclined to agree with that. That's been a, a key tenet of the American system ever since its founding. So, I mean, the, the division... Well, I specifically point out Andrew Cuomo since New York's the epicenter, if yes. not the epicenter of the world right now, 
for coronavirus. And, and also CNN's like massively playing up Andrew Cuomo. That's just my, my, my sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, New York's been hit terribly and they've instituted much stricter measures than other places. I actually saw a video of the Empire State Building, which had, uh, it was uh, emitting a kind of emergency glare through its through the light from the, the peak of the building, which was really dystopian in a strange way. Joe, what do you think about the... Um, the economic handling of the crisis as well, because obviously some markets have gone into free fall. It's been a disaster for the global economy as well as many different countries. We saw uh, the UK budget actually offered to pay 80% of the UK workers' wages. We've seen a stimulus package being passed in the United States. What are your thoughts on the, on, on the economic downturn as a result of this? Um, well, first of all, it was expected, totally expected. And also yeah. the stimulus packages were pretty uh, predictable. Um, and I think, I think the UK government has done, eventually they've done more or less the correct thing with the wage guarantees and the plans and whatever. But there, I mean, there was, there was a few problems. Um, when I was in the taxi back to the airport in the UK, the driver was telling me that he run, he, that it was his small business. It was a taxi business or whatever. And like they would only be getting the small business money in June or something. Okay. And he was very worried that that was going to be like much too late. So in the meantime, he, he almost all has their to, customers. Yeah. So he almost has to fend for himself in the meantime. Yeah. So that will probably be a problem. And, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Some people are saying that this might be a wake-up call about some questions about the economy and stuff. After this is over, mm. they'll need to rethink some things. I don't know how it's going to play out, but mm. I mean, I have my own personal opinions on this. But so far, I think it's been quite predictable. Yeah. Would you apply that? also to the stimulus package that was passed in the United States. Did you think that was predictable, especially with some of the corporate bailouts that occurred? Yeah, the, the corporate bailouts were predictable. I mean, I saw a post on somewhere, probably Twitter. It was like saying it's, they were saying it's interesting to compare different countries' responses to the yeah. coronavirus, like China. China, first of all, you just try to hush it up. And if that doesn't work, then you go aggressively at it and try to stop it. And they seem to have done. Then like South Korea, like very efficient, you the contact tracing and whatever. And then um, US, it's like, just give businesses money, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then UK is like brave. I think the UK one was like bravely, but stupid, stup uh, stupidly try to get herd immunity or whatever which is, was yeah, the, the initial plan, apparently. Yeah, the old uh, keep calm, carry on mantra at, in action. Yeah, so it's been quite uh, predictable, yeah. Yeah, uh, Seb, what were, I know you also have some stronger views on this. The, uh, what were your views on the, the stimulus package in the United States? And then after that, I think we'll probably go into the uh, the state of the democratic primary during before just before and during the pandemic sure sure um i think um it's probably a good idea to take a step back and sort of analyze where the economy is at just overall um you know people sort of forget that 
probably before the coronavirus was, was starting to hit, we were probably reaching, about to reach the, the peak of the uh, economy. Um, obviously, it's been about 10 years since the last big economic downturn. Um, growth can't continue forever, um, at least that's been shown for you know many, many decades now. Uh, we were probably looking at maybe this year or the next year for a, an economic downturn of some sort. Um, I think the best bet would probably have been next year in, at some point uh, if, you, if you were taking bets. Um, so, of course, with the coronavirus, that just sort of accelerated the issues. Considering the fact that the, the market itself is, is horrendously over-leveraged, household debt, um, private debt is, is exponential. Um, debt just everywhere is, is horrendous. So, obviously, it plays Public and part. private, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But obviously public. Anyway, um, the stimulus <laughs> packages were interesting. Um, there'd been obviously talk, and I actually liked this talk, by the way, um, from the Trump administration in, in sort of the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when they were talking about taking um, equity in Boeing for um, in exchange for a bailout. So obviously, mm. um, it, this happened, I think, uh, on the General Motors when they got their bailout in 2009. The uh, government took an equity stake within the the, uh, the company um, in exchange for a bailout, and there were obviously some uh, people saying, you know, this is actually a really interesting thing that Trump's doing, or you know, um, is saying that he will do. Um, I would have agreed that if you're going to at least do a bailout, um, there should be some form of um, uh, uh, things attached to that bailout, for example, um, making sure that everyone stays on the company. I think, um, I'm not sure which company it was. I think it was United Airlines that, uh, who got the bailout in that um, stimulus package. Mm. I think they announced layoffs immediately after the, the stimulus package um, passed, which of course was the entire p- purpose of that um, package was to ensure no job losses. And of course, that's not what happened. Um, I think the, um, the, the 1200 bucks per person thing um, was a was a good idea. Uh, it's probably not enough for the for the duration of, of the period, depending on how long this this um, pandemic continues to be uh, going on for. It's it's obviously a struggle for people to uh, continue to pay their bills and, and their rent and, and whatnot. Um, so in that case, there needs to be a sort of response where either you uh, do both, you know, freeze rent and also freeze um, mortgages. That way, you have landowners and both and and rent and tenants uh, being. Um, uh, catered to in that instance, and they don't have to worry too much about their economic standing. Um, I'm not sure those provisions were included in the um, stimulus package. I'm not sure what the Trump response on that was. I think the um, uh, landlords are, have gotten a, a freeze in their um, mortgages, but I'm not too sure on that. Yeah, in 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 Australia, they had uh, I think they introduced a no evictions for six month policy for landlords, which is you know it, it's a it's a step to, in order to ensure that you know we're not leaving people out on the streets during a pandemic which will obviously be disastrous and then we've had our own stimulus packages of course which have involved in uh, uh, sorry um created or precipitated various problems with you know the the uh the welfare system i think uh our centrelink system is uh pretty uh inept at the moment we've had uh a stag it's actually shown how stagnant it can be a lot of people complaining about not getting their payments and uh, uh, as soon as possible and obviously held up phone lines so there's obviously a huge demand and obviously all this you know nonsense surrounding supermarkets where people are panic buying i think all of this is just this desperation and hysteria is a sign of the times really we're showing um uh, you know something that almost evokes that of the great depression where people are, are massively 
discontented and almost uh, stressed to some degree. Um, well, there's some, there has been some predictions that you, we could end up with an unemployment rate that would mirror the Great Depression. So that's mm. one big worry. Yeah, I think the figure they, coming out of the United States was at around, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was 16%. Million. 16% or something like that. All I know is that the raw number was 3 million. Yeah, so the, the numbers were quite astounding. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much everything that Seb uh, just said was was pretty much spot on there. The, the market's been volatile, is, is very volatile anyway. It's basically been mm. on life support since 2008 with just injection after injection, whether that be low interest rates or whatever it is. Yep. And now you see during this uh, crisis, you just see a, a massive push to keep it afloat. That's why the stimulus yeah. packages are just absolutely massive. It's interesting it's because we had, we had a uh, Twitter exchange on this where we talked about a system virtually based on a credit debt standard is doomed to fail, in, in, especially in circumstances like this. And it's not entirely productive or conducive to a, to a flourishing society. But I want to move on to the uh, US 2020 presidential election because just before the, this whole pandemic issue started, we... Uh, haphazardly covered it <laughs> and um i think when we left off uh, biden was starting to surge and take over as the front one in front of bernie and obviously now that has culminated in biden being the de facto nominee at the moment um but there's been some interesting like for the lack of a better term incidents during this pandemic involving biden and uh uh, his front runner status. So, what are your thoughts on this entire scenario, Seb? And then I'll move on to Shashi. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> the uh, sudden shift in the race um, was quite incredible to watch. Um, it obviously began uh, very uh, quickly on on the eve of or the aftermath of South Carolina, where of course the various candidates uh, in the centre sort of dropped out: Buttigieg, Klobuchar. Yeah. Um, and obviously they coalesced around uh, Joe Biden, giving him a, a fairly good momentum boost going into to Super Tuesday. Um, the fact that Elizabeth Warren was still in the race and uh, Bernie was sort of still sticking to his um, same old message uh, meant that when it came to Super Tuesday, of course, it was uh, a bloodbath, as you, as you might imagine. Yeah. Um, the next couple of Tuesdays um, gave us pretty much the same results. Um, no real comeback for, for um, Bernie Sanders in that part. Uh, but it has been sort of interesting to watch as we've gone through the past few weeks, uh, a more rapid deterioration of Joe Biden than we've seen before. Yeah, now, yeah. That's obviously with a grain of salt because we've, we've watched him for the past sort of year and, and seen that he's not all there to, to be honest, but I think over the past few weeks, it's been pretty noticeable and, and quite um, aggressive. If, if you, if you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment he's on the, according to the real clear politics average, he's, miles ahead of Bernie, 56.2 as opposed to 37. But obviously, take that with a grain of salt during a pandemic, of course. But as I said, he's the de facto nominee. And at this point, yeah, you're absolutely right in saying that his cognitive decline is becoming more apparent. Uh, you sent actually a video today, an interview, which showed that he could barely structure a sentence at this point in time. 
uh, and it, it, it does open some questions about, first of all, how will the uh, election actually pan out if this pandemic is still going on by then? And also, if Biden is deemed to be unfit, what will happen uh, to the race? Uh, will his VP become the de facto nominee? Who knows? It might even be up to the DNC, which will, for some, be quite worrying. And he did actually say recently that he would uh, elect a female vice president. So uh, his running mate could be the likes of Kamala Harris, Hillary Clinton. We're not too sure yet, but that remains to be seen. Shashi, what are your thoughts on the overall race and I guess at the at the moment and I guess their chances with, with Trump? Um, well, it'll be interesting to see how Biden goes mm. considering his interesting... Uh, media appearances as of late and, and his lack of appearances when he went missing. Yeah. Um, but it would, int- it would be interesting to see whether uh, people really care at the moment and whether Biden will just uh, come out on top with a purely ideological battle, as in people will... Uh, prefer Biden's ideology to Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, basically, I'm not sure if people will necessarily care about Biden's state of being. Um, I think in the general, that will play a bigger factor. Mm. Uh, even some polling recently showed that uh, Biden. Um, depending on even it doesn't matter who the female uh, vice president would be, but the polling showed that uh, depending on different factors, Biden beats Trump in uh, almost every polling statistic, but that is to be taken with a grain grain of salt because you have to consider statistics that show uh, the lack of enthusiasm of uh, Biden's base, uh, something which Trump's base has in droves, which will definitely count on polling day, especially under the current circumstances where people are less likely to go out. And I, I don't even know how they would hold an election during the pandemic. And of course, there's no actual constitutional mandate for it because the founding fathers said it will occur on the specific date that it does. So Joe, what, what do you think about uh, I guess the unpredictable, unpredictable. Sorry, <laughs> got my words caught up. Unpredictability of the race so far. That was a bit of a Joe Biden moment. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm actually more interested in what the DNC are going to be doing, mm. uh, especially at the convention. One thing is we. I'm not sure if we, it's, I don't think it's clear yet whether we'll get a contested convention or not. Yeah. I don't know if anyone knows more about that, but I don't know um, what the, if, if the delegate numbers will result in that. If, if Biden continues on the, on the trajectory that he is now with the numbers that he has, he should have enough to yeah. meet the first threshold. So no contested convention. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he uh... So I think it would be, it's going to be, Interesting or less interesting, depending on whether it's contested or not. I mean, yeah. if Biden just wins the nomination, then then it'll be more interesting when we see what happens in the actual general election. But I don't know; it's pretty worrying, to be honest. Yeah, and I get. I guess in times like these, especially, things are so unpredictable. We don't know how they could turn out. So 
making predictions is a futile approach at the moment. Well, thank you all for coming on this call and chatting with me during self-isolation. What